Welcome to Integrative You Radio, hosted by Dr. Nick Carruthers and yours truly, Dr. Nicole Rivera. This is the place where you become limitless. We are covering the latest and greatest topics, of course, in a disruptive fashion around integrative medicine, mental health, and human behavior. We are also covering how those topics affect the human and family dynamics. We will be sprinkling in some truth bombs for our healthpreneurs so they can join us in our mission to evolve healthcare. If you are health curious and growth focused, you are in the right place. But buckle up because this is real, this is raw, and this is disruptive. This is Integrative You Radio. Dr. Nix decides to swish his teeth right now, right before we're going live. But anyway. <laughs> we're, we're on video too. It's not like our old podcast where I could, you know, <laughs> not oh have something God. stuck in my teeth right there. <clears throat> Welcome back. back. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Integrative View Radio. <laughs> so one of the topics that we're talking about today is something that I personally feel like has been coming up over and over and over again. And this is partly in external observations, as well as just conversations. And I think that at the foundation of this, we want to talk about it because there are many of us that, one, really lack the clarity on how to make decisions that are best for us. And we lack the ability to do that because of a couple of things. One, we're unclear on what's important to us. We're unclear on our values. If you listen to us, you've heard us talk about this many, many times. But also, it's because we've abandoned one part of ourselves. And I'm not talking about just a few people. Like This is a very common theme, is that we will overly analyze. You even hear people say this, Oh, I'm a, I'm a numbers person. I'm a data person. I'm, I like to analyze. I want to weigh out the pros and the cons. And I do find that there are a lot of men that operate that way, which has a lot of benefits. It has benefits in them being really great in positions like being a CFO or a chief financial officer or working in the finance world or being really great CEOs. But there's also a big pressure for women to also start embodying this. Like you have to weigh out the pros and cons and you have to analyze. And what we're doing is we're abandoning this idea of intuition, listening to your gut, because it's not scientific. And if any of us have experienced the past few years, we've experienced that term many times. Listen to the science, follow the science. And really at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm excited to hear Dr. Nick's perspective on this, is that our analytical mind has been around forever. And it's been around because it's a protective mechanism. It is there, it's been part of our primal brain to say, don't fight that predator that's way bigger and stronger than you. You know, don't eat that those berries because those might be poisonous. It's It was there to get us to think and analyze so that we could protect ourselves. But we always had this other part of us, which was listening to our intuition, listening to 
our gut, listening to our heart, as corny as it sounds. But what I've personally seen, because this was very much me, is that the more experiences that we have that we feel abandoned, we get hurt, we get betrayed, we put the guard up. We put the guard up and that guard makes us operate more out of that analytical mind and makes us fully disassociate from that intuition because that intuition is not safe. And this is leading to a cascade of things, which I do want to get into. But with that being said, Dr. Nick, I I would love to hear from you on this idea of the analytical mind overpowering the intuition, the gut feeling, people essentially being able to listen to their heart, which is really just listening to what's in alignment with them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'm excited to get deep on this conversation because I was taking some notes of what you were saying. A lot of things were coming up. Um, but first, I think it's always wise to understand um, definitions because a lot of times we've been taught or you may have a misunderstanding or just might not have the same definition of what things mean. And this creates a lot of confusion because um, as we know, we can only use something to the degree of clarity that we have and understand of something. So first I just want, I guess you to share your definition of like, how do you describe what an analytical mind is? The analytical mind is where we weigh out the pros and cons in order to make decisions for our best interest, but also to protect ourselves, protect our families. Perfect. I mean, that's awesome. It's clear. It's simple. Everybody can relate to that. Um, A couple of things I also want to just... I was going to be like, no, it's not that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about doing that, but no, that was... That's a great answer. Um, you know, people always say, use your gut. <clears throat> and your your gut is, you know, a great tool. But like you said, it's it's just a tool for that. We shouldn't be making all of our decisions using the gut. We shouldn't be making all of our decisions using our analytical mind. Because once again, our analytical mind is just a tool as well. So the more we can gain awareness of and use all those tools, the better information we'll have, the better database we'll be able to have that we can use to be able to make those quality decisions that's congruent with our highest values, be able to serve ourselves. The gut really breaks down and gives us, you know, looking at, I always go into twos, always go into duality. The gut gives us these two things. It gives us the instinct and it gives us the impulse. So the instinct is always trying to protect us from pain and the impulse is always trying to pull us towards that pleasure. It's the prey and the predator when you think about it. These things are, like you said, those learned behaviors. And those learned behaviors tend to drive us and depend on how aware we are with not only the sensation, what we're feeling when we make those decisions, and then the repercussions of those decisions. Did that actually serve me, quote unquote, or did that hurt me? Did that cause me pain? Did that cause me pleasure? And if we don't pretty much like take suit to be able to see exactly, you know, what was, what was sensation? What was I, what was the feedback that I was getting? How did I act on that? 
and did that really truly serve me or not, both short-term and long-term, well, we're not creating the awareness that we were given, the lessons, the teachings, to be able to use in the future to make better quality decisions for ourselves. So I think that's a huge mistake is that, you know, the majority of our culture, we've never, quote unquote, learned to stop and reflect. And meditation is starting to become um, an awesome, more aware tool for people to use to be able to reflect on their day, to be able to reflect on their week and their year, and to be able to get that insight that's always been there. But if we don't reflect, we can't grow and use these tools. And I think that's a big problem is why, especially the American society, of we're, we're driven to use the analytical mind because it's not custom for us to grow the connection first with our gut, you know, to be able to use the instincts as well as the impulses to serve us. But that's just one. And my favorite one is, like you said before, the inspiration, your intuition. Your intuition is, and this is, I guess, moving forward, what I really want to get in with you even deeper <clears throat> is the programming of society. You know, you, you said as corny as it sounds, using your heart to guide you. Yeah. That's programming. You know, it's programming to think that we should be using our analytical mind and not our heart. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking bullshit because that's not how it should work your heart's always guiding you to serve your higher self to be truly authentic your analytical mind isn't doing that and your analytical mind has always incomplete awareness where your heart is always pulling you towards your intuition to pull you into serving your higher self to connect you with your spirit and the feedback mechanism of your intuition is the feeling of being inspired. I think what you're saying is really significant with the differentiation between your gut and your heart. Because I do think that even at times for myself, I can confuse the two. But some of the examples that I always like to give, because I think that this is how people relate to the information is... You know, we can meet someone and let's say we're in our 30s or 40s and we feel like time is ticking. And I'm not I'm saying this because I've heard it a million times and we think, oh, I have to get into a relationship because otherwise it's never going to happen. And we start to operate out of this analytical mind of pros and cons. But we're honestly also thinking about what is going to draw us to to pleasure. So the pleasure is knowing that I'm going to have a, a partner so I can run away from the potential pain of being alone. But then, okay, well, intuitively, I feel like this isn't my person. Intuitively, I can't put I can't put it into words, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. It feels off, but on paper, he's handsome, he has a good job, you know, he's from my neighborhood, he's got a nice family, you know, him and I together will have a good income. And, you know, we we weigh those out and then we totally surpass that intuitive feeling and 
a lot of times people will bypass that because they don't know how to interpret it. They don't know how to describe it. They can't put it into words. They can't analyze it. And so they totally ignore that intuitive feeling. And then they, they keep moving along the path. They end up relationship, married, et cetera. And then they go through the entire breakdown of now I'm getting divorced and now I'm starting all over again, which brings up, you know, guilt, shame, sadness, and all of those other low vibration emotions. Yeah. Relationships. I mean, you used a complex, uh, example for this one, um, because relationships are complex. It's you, when we always involve, uh, another human being, another living entity, um, it's a little more difficult, uh, to be able to have like compared to, you know, is this job or is this car or is this house? Um, that's a thing. Uh, Cause that's, that's a little easier to explain because one thing, and the, the, the major reason I say that is that people tend to have a false perception of what a healthy relationship is. And I, I talked to this actually on a podcast before about uh, kids, you know, about being a friend and that, people don't understand actually what a, what a, a really good friend is that a friend is somebody that wants you to be your best authentic form of yourself. And that's, that's the person that we should be marrying. And if the person wants the best for us, it's not going to be all support. And this is the program that we've received from society, even a lot of religions, all these different aspects is that the person that you're marrying your significant, your spouse, your partner, that they should always be supporting you. And it's like, well, optimal growth occurs with the balance of support and challenge. And when we're being challenged by our significant other, you know, we're been programmed that, oh, well, they don't want the best for me or they don't care about me or, you know, they don't have my back. And it's like, well, sometimes having your back and wanting the best for you is giving you that tough love. And I mean, that's why I married you because you, you always give me tough love. Not always. That's a polarized view. <laughs> <laughs> I think that principle applies to everything though. You know, there people go into a job, they call it their dream job. And then as soon as something goes against their, their fantasy or their expectation, then they say, oh, maybe this is what, isn't what I thought it was. So I think that that principle applies to relationships. It applies to friendships. It applies to jobs it applies to everything. And so I think that navigating life, navigating the human experience has its complexities. And it's really a lack of understanding these, these principles, because these principles that you're talking about, it really comes back to physics and how everything is always in balance. And it's about the equal ratio of, of both ends of the spectrum. It's not about being polarized to one side. So if you are in a relationship, if you're in a friendship, it's about that equal level of support and challenge. Like that's, you know, when you get into the equilibrium right in the middle of, you know, support and challenge, that's where the balance is. That's where the love is. That's where the, you know, the, the beauty is. And so a lot of times we've created this fantasy, which we can call an expectation around this is what it should be. This is what the outcome should be. But again, that's based off of this predictive programming from all of these external sources. But 
life is not about being one-sided. You know, there are plenty of people that want to act like, you know, you'll say, how are you? It doesn't matter what time of the day, what time of the month, what time of the year. <gasps> Everything's great. Everything's great. And then those are the people that are like dying inside behind the scenes. And no, then there's and the mean, people that... I was going to say what's amazing is, I mean, that you can't... Your body doesn't lie. You know, the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. And, you know, we... we we have these initial consultations with clients and, you know, they give us the story that everything's fine and this and that. And like, we do our really good job being an investigator and digging and you can usually call bullshit on it. But every once in a while, you know, we get fooled, but then, you know, labs and blood work and, you know, results come back and you're like, hmm, well, you're lying. And, <laughs> and the fun part about it is because you know, you talked about energy being in a state of balance. Well, energy is balanced, but it's always being balanced geopositionally. And when you think about that, our gut, we talked about our gut being the instinct and the impulse. Well, that's one of the lower chakras. That's overall part of the negative polarity of the body. And then you get to the upper chakras and that's part of the positive polarity. So the upper chakras are more like the spirit you kind of think of like the energetic realm and the lower is more like the physical body where we're trying to transmute become enlightened to travel up um, set ourselves free during that process but also when you look at the geopositional balance the heart the four chakra is in the middle the mean the average the bringing the wholeness and that's why we have intuition pulling us to become inspired and that's where we feel love and gratitude so you know we were talking about having these fantasies of what something's supposed to be well that would be an impulse and once we can grow our connection of our feeling our sensations you know when we're feeling something in the gut that it's probably just a half truth it's not giving us that full picture that we're either the perception is that we're overly positive or we're overly negative and that we're going to try to, you know, protect ourselves from that over negative, or we're going to say like, Hey, everything's all golden rainbows, sunshine, and we're overly positive about it. But when we actually have a balanced perception, that balanced perception actually balances the brain activity, which opens up the heart, which is part of that process of leading us into being inspired to being grateful. Mm -hmm. And that is the true aspect of feeling that love, which isn't corny. It's a feedback mechanism to show us that we're in alignment with being authentic. Before we jump ahead, there's two types of love. There's that true, whole, authentic love where we are balanced. And then we also have the love that serves our highest values, which is imbalanced, but we perceive love when we're serving what's most important to us. Both are extremely important to be able to become knowledgeable on how to educate yourself to serve, but they're two different types of love, but you will experience both within the heart, just different degrees. And when you get really clear, you'll also notice the subtle differences between the sensation of the love. Yeah. And I want to speak a little bit to what you were talking about with this concept of, of energy centers or chakras, because this is, I think, out of uh, most people's understanding. And if anything, in our society, it's been deemed to be, you know, woo woo. And this was something that I personally was more uh, acquainted with going through the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, I love his mission to demystify the mystical 
because he really puts it into perspective in a way that is, is very understandable and digestible and honestly very relatable. Because as he was talking about these energy centers, I was like, whoo, that makes sense. But, you know, he talks about your, uh, your sacral chakra, which is your second energy center and how this is actually, it's uh, from a um, physical perspective, it's associated with your reproductive organs, um, including your uh, urinary bladder, and then also for males, the prostate. And so these organs will be involved when that center is blocked or, or compromised, but this has a lot to do with be parts of your life that you haven't necessarily felt safe. And this is not because of something like abuse, but this is uh, being poor or uh, your parents passing away. It could be a lot of things that create this lack of, of safety. And this is very similar to what we were talking about earlier, because then going up to your next energy center, when you really think about your gut, you are you don't feel safe to follow your gut. You're, you're essentially creating that polarization that Dr. Nick was talking about. And you're trying to run from pain because you felt pain and you're running from pain and you're doing whatever you need to do in order to prevent that. And now you start to create imbalances in that analytical mind. And what you're doing is you're actually shutting down some of these upper energy centers that allow you to tap into your creativity that allow you to tap into your inspiration or your connection with something bigger than you. So we find that a lot of people have these overactive energy centers on the bottom. What Nick is saying is like this negative polarity and the energy centers up top, which create your, your clarity, your intuition, your critical thinking, your inspiration, your um, creativity. Like those are the ones that are totally shut down. And people are, are just operating in this place of, of fear of, I need to protect myself. I can't trust anyone. I can't keep my heart open. And I need to run from pain because pain sucks. And the whole point of this podcast is that you can operate like that for a period of time. I've operated like that for the first three quarters of my life. And then I realized that I was never going to have the life I desired. I was never going to be the person I wanted to be. I was never going to be able to experience even my family life the way I wanted to if I wanted to keep staying in that place, that place of it's not safe to keep my heart open. It's not safe to trust people. It's not safe to... to do any of that. And I knew that I wanted to tap into more of my intuition. I wanted to let that guard down and I wanted to see what the possibilities hold. But I also knew that there was going to be good and bad that came with that. And if I wanted to tap into that and follow my heart more, there might be times that there's pain associated with that. But I also knew that I was more than willing to experience that pain for all of the amazing abundance that it could also bring. Yeah. And the, the awesome part that you shared right there is that really life is a journey. You know, one of our, um, actually business coaches back in the day, uh, she said new level, new devil. And, you know, we start out and we treat the body as what we perceive it to be the body. And that's with that ignorance of understanding that the body is really just a demonstration 
of what the mind believes, our thoughts. And then we go and, you know, it goes higher up that. But it's, it's really about coming to understand that we can, we can only do so much by treating the body physically. And if we really want to live a, a limitless life and an amazing life, life full of freedom and joy and love, is that it doesn't come in a, in a supplement. It doesn't come through eating the best quality food. Uh, it comes from, honestly, it comes from within inside of ourselves. And that is the, the deeper work uh, that we get to, to do uh, every single day with clients, which is beautiful because that changes biochemistry. You know, if you go back and listen to a podcast with um, a neuro, neuroscientist, Dr. Jay Lombard, uh, we got and we talked about polarities of the cell. And that polarity of the cell, you could think of if that cell is in one of those chakra regions or if your whole aspect of the body is imbalanced, uh, electrically, electromagnetically, uh, then that's going to create a change in polarization. And if the polarization of the cell is off, well, it can't work properly. And that doesn't allow oxygen upregulation. That doesn't allow nutrients to be able to be absorbed. And that creates a whole plethora of effects and hormones being off and symptoms and pain. So it, it really gets so much deeper than we were taught in school. Um, but when you can put all the pieces of the puzzle together, uh, the body's pretty amazing. It can do some really amazing things. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why there are a lot of people that are embarking on conventional medicine, then they're finding functional medicine, and then they're finding integrative medicine, and also others that are doing very... Um, you know, very intense treatments, they're doing stem cell therapies, and they're doing a series of different types of IVs or um, hypothermia, hyperthermia, and they're not getting better. You know, we've seen so many of those people. And it's because the main thing that has been overlooked is the mind and the mind's connection to the body. Nobody wanted to go there. Nobody asked those questions. And it's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that you can have such intense physical disease, physical issues because of experiences, because of traumas, because of mindset. And it is very, very real. <laughs> it's very, very, very real. And, um, and, and it's something that no integrative practitioner should be overlooking. You shouldn't be calling yourself integrative if you are not at least getting more information about the mind, the psychology, the neurology, and how that is connected to the physical symptoms, the physical condition of the body, because it is very much connected. And it is interesting that the remedy to that is different for everyone. You know, we find some people that they have a very specific event in their life that created rage, like massive resentment, massive anger. And some of them will go through and, and the liver needs to be addressed physically for them to get to a place that they even have the consciousness to then work through the emotional layer. And then sometimes it's the reverse. 
And, you know, a lot of times when it's the reverse, it's the people that are like, I've done 10 liver detoxes. I've done flushes. I've done all these things. Nothing's working. It's like, I'm still in the exact same place. And it's because they were the opposite. They needed the, the other work, the, if it was mental, emotional, energetic, they needed that work in order to remove that first layer of burden off the liver so then the liver can resume doing its job. So that's really the cool thing about, I can't take credit for it because it's honestly Dr. Nick's creation with the integrative response testing that he does, is that he is revealing that information in the body. He's he's revealing you know, what are the systems that are stressed and what is the remedy to those systems? And, and that is really allows us to focus on the most foundational aspects for that person. And I will tell you, no two people are the same, like not even close. So it's, it's really, really cool stuff. And, and that leads me to my phrase is that data is the first step. You know, there's a lot of people ask me on Instagram, like, oh, what can I do for this? What can I do for that? And just like, I wish it was that easy. Trust me, I really do. But it's just not because there's so many things to be considered for you to really be able to reach your optimal health. But in the case of our company, our goal is not to just help you get to optimal health. It's for you to become limitless in all aspects of your life. This is for you to be limitless so that you can pursue your 2.0, your best life, your best self, your whatever it is for you. And I I call it 2.0 because whatever you're trying to create is different than what I'm trying to create and Joe Schmo's trying to create. It's it's what you are trying to create for yourself. And and that's really our mission is Remove those health op- obstacles, remove those mental af- obstacles, remove the energetic obstacles, remove those obstacles so that you can reach that 2.0 and have fun. <laughs> Nobody has fun in their lives anymore. Their lives have just become a burden of stress and anxiety and things to do. And that honestly is something that is overlooked. It's normalized because when we went to Italy, I think that's really when it was like, wow, these people are really enjoying life. They're really in living in the moment. Like they're laughing, they're having fun. And I feel like, unfortunately, we're not seeing that enough in the U S we're not seeing that here now. You know, it's like having a greater awareness. Italy wasn't always like that in times and parts. Um, True. They, I know. They went through their. Sh- they went through their shit as well. Um, so, but it's it's beautiful to see where they are now, and it's they they used that stress, that breakdown, in order to build up and to really cherish what's most important to them. And it's for them, it's connection right now, in time, and that's what we're finding um, out is important for a lot of people. Honestly, you know, it's a, a baby. Um, doesn't survive without connection. So it's uh, it's a beautiful thing, and that's that's the that's the best gift that I think we get to give to people. Um, being integrative practitioners is that we help them see what caused the disconnect. Uh, we have tons of different forms of data, but we also help them learn tools to be able to collect their own data 
because the last thing you want to do in life mm-hmm. is to be honestly dependent on somebody else. Yeah, it usually takes a team. Um, you know, nobody gets to the mountaintop by themselves, but at the same time, we're all on this journey together. Uh, so we should be growing together. So as we wrap this up, the last thing that I want to say is that you need to take a step back, reflect, as Dr. Nick said, and think about, are you making most of your decisions out of the analytical? Are you constantly just weighing out the pros and cons and ignoring that intuitive feeling, that 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 energy, that vibe you're feeling? Are you ignoring that just because you maybe don't know what it means or how to interpret it? Because the more that we can honor both ends of the spectrum, the analytical mind's outcome or data, as well as that intuitive compass, that intuitive feeling, that's where the magic happens. And especially if you are the person that has made decisions around big, big things from relationships to friendships to, you know, moving to a new location to starting a new job, and you feel like a lot of things have just blown up or not ended up the way you hoped. And when you think back to those situations, was there that intuitive feeling that you ignored? So the more that we can tap into that, it's a practice, and we can have that help guide us in our decision-making, that's really key. And for those of you that are just like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even know. I don't know anymore. (laughs) You should really, really check out our Limitless You community. Our Limitless You community is where we have courses on how to figure out your values. And we have a live community where Dr. Nick and I go live every single week and we do coaching and we help you to understand, you know, what your values are. Why is that important to you? Or really any questions that you have about navigating life. And we're bringing our expertise of integrative medicine, the mind and energy into that space so that you can apply the information and have an awesome life. We thank you so much for being an avid listener of Integrative You Radio, formerly known as Integrative Wellness Radio. We appreciate all of your support. We love your comments. Please visit us on social media as well as our website to see all of the fun things happening behind the scenes and the new amazing content and courses that is being rolled out on a monthly basis. We hope to see you there.